0: Now I don't want to put favourites on the episodes as of yet, but this one is a standout for me. We're talking about the benefits, side effects, and safety, um, and we really dive into the medical conditions. So, what else can uh, the viewers, or the viewers, or the listeners for the podcast playing playing at home um, can strap in for?
1: Can we call them our friends if we haven't met them? Let's do because it. The yeah, I know.
0: I know we're friends. We're put
1: up with us for three episodes. <laughs> right All right, friends. What have you got? To look forward to. So, we're going to talk about the conditions that medical cannabis can be used to treat. Um, we've talked that we're going to talk about uh, how effective is cannabis treatment, what are the side effects that you want to be aware of, and how does cannabis compare to other treatments. It's obviously important to have the little disclaimer here saying that we are not uh, physicians and take everything we say not as medical advice, but rather as a sincere attempt to help educate um, future medical cannabis patients uh, on their health journey.
0: Um Enjoy the episode. We'll see you on the other side. Couldn't have said it better. Strap in. This is a good one. That's why I did it. <laughs> All right, James, time to put your legal hat on. Give us the disclaimer.
1: This podcast is for educational purposes only. We are not doctors, but rather we're just trying to educate the general public to be better informed in their well-being decisions. Pop quiz. What are you not? A doctor. I've handsome. You're also not a doctor, so you pass. Uh, If you're considering medical cannabis prescription, make sure to speak to a doctor.
0: Episode three, third outfit change for us. It's cold in the house. But for those playing at home, um, uh, we're here with Johnny. Johnny. Johnny's sweating. We're cold as crap. So uh, the third topic is benefits, side effects, and safety. We've talked a lot uh, about a lot so far. But um, we did segue briefly from you, you, you dipped into a couple of the medical conditions. So uh, at a broad level, what medical conditions can be used? Uh, can cannabis be used to treat?
2: Yeah, so this is the exciting part. I love talking about this yeah. um, because, uh, you know, uh, there's been a lot of research done in the last few years since it's been legalized and we've really learned a lot Uh, about what this medicine can be used for. Um, And the main uh, one that medicinal cannabis can be used for is uh, uh, epilepsy seizures. This is the one where we have the most sort of clinical data on, um, uh, but it can also be used for things like anxiety, depression. Chronic pain is a really big one as well. Uh, nausea and vomiting, particularly for uh, pac- cancer patients undergoing chemotherapy um, and insomnia. And also uh, there's a whole range of other, other things. Um, uh, probably arthritis is another one, uh, a good one that can help with because uh, the cannabinoids do have a really big effect on inflammation um, so that's where a lot of the chronic pain and um, arthritis benefits come from, yeah. But as you can see, it's not just um, physical; it's also mental um, illnesses that it can help with.
1: It's uh, it's very interesting, Johnny. Uh, how on one hand, the a doctor is not meant to prescribe medical cannabis as a first option for treatment. It must be only if conventional medication has been unsuccessful which of course we'll, we'll talk about in later episodes but on the other hand when an authorized prescriber um, gets certified and they um, apply to the the NIMHREC clinic which is the National Institute of Integrative Medicine uh, Human Resource Ethics Committee yes that is a fucking mouthful <laughs> um, basically there, there are 29 indications which a GP can be an authorized prescriber for which means If you've got any of these 29, a doctor can, if eligible, like assess whether cannabis treatment is right for you. Things like Alzheimer's, anorexia, anxiety, ADHD, autism, uh, cancer symptom management, cancer-related pain, chemo, chronic cancer pain, and that's just 10 Mm -hmm. of the 29. So So it really is appearing as though it's quite the laundry list of conditions that medical cannabis treatment might be helpful for. Would would, would you agree, Joan?
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole range. And I think that most of those have, have merit. It's just, it just depends on the prescriber, how they sort of uh, feel and are educated on the benefits of those, um, uh, you know, medicines and, and that treatment. Um, it, it also depends on how much clinical data is available as well. and. Because cannabis has been outlawed for so long, the clinical data is really behind uh, the eight ball. Um, and a lot of it does come from animal models or in vitro cells. Um, and there's just not enough uh, at the moment in actual human clinical, t- clinical trials. But it is picking up um, and uh, from from, you know, we can sort of estimate from those animal models and those clinical, um, those in vitro trials, what the benefits might be in humans. Um, and so the outlook is really positive, you know, for a lot of different things. Um, so I have no doubt that uh, each year that uh, more research is being done, uh, we're going to see more support come for medicinal cannabis to treat um more uh more illnesses yeah
0: for, for us getting into the space um the the top five when james listed off the top five benefits or at least the top five that we we researched and found common overseas in the states and stuff like that um was chronic pain anxiety depression inflammation and insomnia and then me and james looked at each other and we're like oh, who's the real demographic and it's everyone, like the the <laughs> yeah. the, the the plant and cannabis, and when treated the right way, it really like everyone has. If I I take would take CBD for you know, like insomnia or like getting to sleep, it helps me with my sleep, plus waking up um, with the inflammation and actually having a better, well rested sleep. And then uh, like those anxiety things and uh, with pain, it's crazy that you can have one medicine that's treating. Kids with like epilepsy or something like that. And then. And then the elderly with this chronic pain and arthritis. arthritis. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the spectrum Meanwhile, is when you're in your mid-40s, the stress. Yeah, So you know, yeah. It's, it's really- like you start when you're a kid and then keep going for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Always going to treat you, whatever comes at you, a different thing. Particularly in the context of how we live today, like
1: we sit down, we're yeah. a sedentary kind of generation, yeah. chronic pain. We look at social media and compare ourselves to others' anxiety. Yeah. You know, we look at screens all day, can't sleep at night, insomnia. Like it really is a plant where the areas that it influences and the benefits that it can have, and we'll get to side effects, of course, in a minute. Yeah, But like it's just so compatible with modern
0: lifestyle. 100%. And the people like our age coming out of COVID when we really started in 2020, um, anxiety was through the roof. And then especially social anxiety, stepping out of that, uh, kids at uni now no one wants to talk um, because they have that social anxiety and and there's these things and it's just having another pathway something else that they can dip into as well as all the other things that can help with that i think it's great that it's becoming more and more uh well known even even though the stigma is a little bit different but we'll talk about that later i'm excited about that yeah
1: uh johnny is this a a good time to maybe then move across to the the next point of how effective is cannabis as a treatment for for various conditions yeah
2: yeah um yeah you guys raised some some really interesting points uh you know um and it it is a really exciting space um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah there's a lot of different illnesses that cannabis could potentially be useful but if we go by the uh, National Academies of Science, Engineering and Medicine. They've done sort of like a broad investigation into all the data um, out there for medicinal cannabis and all the different uh, illnesses that it can treat. And they have uh, come up with sort of three levels of effectiveness um which is uh, a basically uh, based on 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 the data. So the first level is what is it clinically proven for, right? And so far they have only listed um, the reduction of seizures in, ch- in childhood epilepsy as a, an illness with clinically proven um, benefits from medicinal cannabis, right? The next level is what they call substantial evidence. So that means that there's, um, there's a lot of uh, good support for these uh, illnesses, but um, there's no, it's not clinically proven yet. And those are chronic pain, um, nausea and vomiting during chemotherapy, and spasticity in multiple sclerosis. So, um, again, you see a lot of things uh, related to the nervous system. Um, and there is a substantial evidence uh, that uh, for, for those three things. Um, then the, the final level, which is you have um, moderate evidence for and that is for um, improving sleep. And and so there's still a bit more study that needs to happen with that one, but it's looking promising, Mm -hmm. you know. And because cannabis has been illegal for so long, a lot of these um, indications uh, come from anecdotal reports from people who have been using it, um, before it was legalized as a, as a medicine to treat themselves or to treat others. Um, and, and, the, and off of that sort of um, base of knowledge, then the research is done, and this is where we're at today. So clinically proven reduction in seizures, substantial evidence, multiple sclerosis, chronic pain, Nausea and vomiting, moderate evidence, improving sleep. Um, and so that's a pretty stri- strict definition of what how effective it is for these
0: treatments, yeah. That's awesome. Is that Australia-based? That um, Like, is that Australia only?
2: Oh, no, that's international, yeah. Really? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, insane.
2: Yeah, it's international. So they take into account, this is the National Academies of Science, uh, Engineering and Medicine. And they do um, a report every few years. So this report was back in 2017. So since then, we probably have a lot more data that can potentially um, move these uh, indications up a level. Um, in terms of uh, the evidence and how effective it is, uh, medicinal cannabis is. How, yeah. I was
1: going to clarify that. Yeah, to move up a level, it's just more evidence needed?
2: Um, th- they do have a set of criteria that each level has. Um, I can't recall the exact criteria for every single one, um, but, uh, you know, I think that if you, if you have to move to the level of clinically proven you know you would need to have sort of multiple clinical studies showing uh you know the uh, efficacy of the of the medicine yeah um so that would be one you know criterion i think yeah,
0: how, how often does that happen did you say a decade 20 so it's happened in 2017. it was
2: 2017 yeah, yeah it's around i think the the one before that was 2006 i believe uh-huh. so yeah so it's around a decade um but you know there's studies coming out every single week
0: yeah yeah
2: so they're going to have a
0: lot of work to do. Just <laughs> <for the laughs> 20, 27, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. 100 Yeah, so they might want to um, do one sooner <laughs> rather than later, <laughs> <like, laughs>
1: uh, yeah. you know. For um, at home, Johnny. Uh, uh, when we first met, he had uh, notifications set up on his phone to get um, alerts when there was a new research article. And uh, it was just crazy talking about how often his phone vibrates with new uh, uh, notifications. Yeah. I think that's why, with your cannabis news like platform and social media, um, it's uh, <laughs> there's too much coming out that you'd have to be doing it twenty four seven. A team of five people just to keep up with.
2: The <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I might get to that stage after I finish my PhD research, um, and I'm I'm looking forward to you know communicating more of that science that's coming out because some of it is just incredible. Um, but there, there's also a lot of studies that, um, you know, can be questioned. I mean, every scientific study should be questioned. That's the whole point of the scientific method. Um, but um, but you you have to be wary of ones, especially that are funded by um, pharmaceutical companies, um, because that might impact or bias the results. Mm-hmm. So, so we you do have to um, look into the nitty gritty of them, um, and that's what I aim to do uh, when I look at a look at a study and um, and try to communicate it um, in a way that it's
1: understandable for everyone online. Mm. Now if you're listening along and you're thinking oh shit I wish we could just get to the science already I'd recommend that you jump ahead to probably episode 6 episode 7 where uh, after this introductory ser- series we're going to let Johnny off the off the chain yeah. just, <laughs> just go go running with uh in the, with all the science so I personally like and I'm also very excited to to get to that point in the conversation 100% what's yeah. what's happening uh these days in the space Yeah um so, I believe next up we had uh, how are potential, uh, how are there potential side effects or what are. of using cannabis or what are? Yeah. And it's important to just make explicitly clear. Um, and maybe it's just like the legal background in me, but yeah, any discussion about the benefits of cat- cannabis must be matched with the side effects. We're going to talk about the side effects because it's important to have a conversation. If you're, the kind of person who we hope to make this co- podcast for where you're not sure if cannabis treatment is right for you, you want to learn more. Um, it is really important to be aware of the side effects, both um, as far as, you know, the TGA is concerned, mm-hmm. but but also, you know, to make sure that you're making the most informed choice that you can. So, uh, so far in this conversation, uh, Gianni, a lot of the, the discussion has been more research needs to be done. There are some, you know, conditions where there's, there's a certain amount of evidence, whether it's moderate, substantial, or clinical. As far as what we do know about side effects and adverse effects, um, what, what information is there out there?
2: Yeah. Um, so the, the most important thing to, to know from the outset is that cannabis is relatively safe. And it has not been associated with any fatal overdoses ever. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so that's a pretty uh, profound statement for a, for a medicine. Um, there. But, but there are d- certainly there are risk profiles that need to be considered um, that are, um, you know, that are serious. So, For THC, and I'll I'll break these down into the two main uh, cannabinoids, and then I'll take I'll look at the long term um, effects as well, which are really important. Um, So for THC, um, most of the side effects are transient, so they are here for a temporary, you know, um, kind of time, Um, and those are obviously intoxication. So you have THC, you get high, right? Um, And uh, that is fine. But if you have very high doses, uh, that can cause anxiety, panic and um, disorientation. So um, that's probably a big one with, with THC. So it's really important to know your threshold, and if you're a first time user to start with really small doses of THC and work your way up. Um, the other side effect of THC is increased heart rate. Um, uh, so uh, that can, uh, can, can also lead to a bit of anxiety as well. Um, you know, when you feel that your heart rate has increased, you know, that you may associate that with, um, with an- um, anxious feelings. Um, but that side effect usually diminishes uh, with the tolerance buildup. So you don't feel it as much the more um, you, you use medicinal cannabis, THC medicinal cannabis. Um, and uh, another side effect of THC is, uh, is increased appetite, um, what's commonly called as getting the munchies. <laughs> um, I'm sure uh, a lot of people who are co- of, uh, um, uh, familiar with cannabis have experienced uh, the munchies.
0: Is that the medical and, term as well, the munchies? Yeah, <laughs> that is a medical,
2: that is a medical term. <laughs> and um, uh, and so I mean uh, that is something you know it's a side effect. So you have this medicine, and you may expect to see your appetite um, increase. You may be heading to the pantry uh, very quickly and multiple times, (laughs) you know.
0: And Um, as much as that is a side effect though, I just want to like cut in just from experience. Sophie, um, our cousin, uh, name dropping, but Sophie, um, she even said that that as a side effect uh helps her because she's struggling to eat at the moment yeah, um if
1: you've got an eating disorder all yeah all of a sudden this side effect is it, a, ben- a benefit
0: I know. yes that's such a weird one but yeah sorry sorry to cut you off <laughs>
1: yeah it's
2: kind of no it's a i mean like a side effect uh you know doesn't necessarily have to be um negative you know if you if we specifically talk about negative as adverse effects mm. um and I can get into those uh, when I talk about the long-term effects, mm. but um, I'll just talk about CBD next. Um, and CBD is is much safer than than THC because it, it doesn't have a psychoactive component to it. Um, and the you know um, there there was a, a study done. Um, of people who uh, you know when they were testing the drug for its seizure reduction ability um, they also looked for side effects with with um, CBD um, in that in that study and the most common one was diarrhea so it can cause diarrhea um, uh, and yeah that was the the side effects were pretty mild with that um The interesting thing about CBD is that it, without getting too scientific, it modulates um, some enzymes that help break down other medications that you may be taking. All right. So if you have a lot of CBD in your system and you take um, other medication, sort of like maybe you take blood pressure medication, that blood pressure medication or whatever medication it is will take longer to break down in your system. So it will stay in your system longer. Um, And that might not be a problem, but it depends on what medication you're taking. If it is a problem that the medication you're taking isn't metabolized fast enough, then you could have side effects from, from that. So that's a really interesting one with CBD to keep an eye out. Is what other medications are you taking? And maybe if you do want to take CBD with, uh, you know, your other medications, maybe you take one in the morning and one at night, so um, they they're a bit, you know, split apart by time.
0: Yeah. So the disclaimer there is: talk to your doctor and make sure that they know what you are taking. Don't lie to them because they're there to help you and make sure that everything in your body is. like, <laughs> yeah. if there are any side effects, they understand why. Yeah, that's that's a good one.
1: How how significant uh, Gianni is the impact on the, the the breakdown of enzymes? Is that the the, the correct framing um, that CBD? Cataloged? Yeah. Like how how are we talking like? 5% are we talking about it doubles the time that the... Um,
2: I, I wouldn't be able to put a specific figure on it, James, um, but uh, it, the way that CBD interacts with these um, enzymes that break down um, your, uh, your other drugs, um, it's a similar, um, uh, you know, interaction with the cannabinoid receptors. so they they interact, and then um, they prohibit that enzyme from breaking down the drug. So, so it would it, it would be very difficult to put a, a, a specific number on on how much. It's just more important to know that it can. Yeah. And as Charlie mentioned, it's really important that you do speak with your prescriber about other medications you may be taking that, um, that may affect you when you're, you know, when you're having CBD, yeah.
1: Uh, Fascinating. Yeah.
0: From a segue point of view now, the, the last point we do have on this topic is um, how does cannabis compare to other treatments?
1: But I think the one thing, yeah. John, if I understood correctly, we, we talked about some of the short-term side effects. Did you have anything on the long-term as well or should we? Yeah,
2: so um, in terms of uh you know the long-term uh side effects um that it's it it's really difficult because a lot of the you know for a long time cannabis has been illegal so Mm -hmm. most of the long-term studies that have been done have been on recreational use Mm -hmm. okay and they've been observational studies So the issue with observational studies and recreational use is that there are a lot of confounding effects that um, may not be
1: controlled for. So when... Just quickly, when when you say observational study, what does that mean? How does that compare to other types of studies?
2: Yeah, so an observational study in broad terms... um, would mean that um, you're not in a clinical setting, mm-hmm. right? So you're um, being, um, you're sort of observing um, behaviours and correlating those with um, with effects. So that might include um, studies where people are at-, at home and they record their own use of cannabis. And they record their own, um, like feelings and effects. And then that data is used in the, in the study.
1: Yeah. I can understand what you were saying. I'm sure the data is not useless, but how helpful it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, you know, um, the, it's not the most strict, it depends on the, on the setup, Mm. you know, but, um, the, there's a lot of things that can influence the results. For example, especially with recreational use of cannabis, a lot of people mix their cannabis with tobacco, All mm. right. So if there are adverse effects, how do you know that it's the cannabis and not the tobacco that's influencing those effects? Mm. So what do we know about long-term um, adverse effects of cannabis Well, most people have heard that um, it can um, cause psychosis. Mm. So if you use cannabis long-term, can cause psychosis is a pretty common thing that I hear a lot. I don't know if you guys hear about it, but when I speak to people, that's what um, I hear. So the actual data on this, um, it's very, very rare. Mm. Uh, There's only a handful of cases in the whole world where this has been shown, Um, and it is typically associated with people who use recreational cannabis um, and from a young age. Right? What's more of a concern is uh, schizophrenia. So um, there have been some studies on uh, cannabis uh, being linked to schizophrenia. But the consensus is, so most agree, that the schizophrenia is not actually caused by cannabis, but rather um, it's permissive to um, uh, people who are vulnerable uh, for schizophrenia. So, for example, people who have um, a family history of it. Um, But the the funny thing is, and uh, cannabis medicine acts like a paradox in so many ways, that CBD actually does have anti-psychotic um, um, uh, properties. So, so it's, yeah, and, and there, have, there has been a, um, a, a recent study that showed that people who have um, uh, psychosis, Um, their um, uh, mental capabilities improve, cognitive function improves with medicinal cannabis. Um, So there is a paradox there, um, but it's important to know that um, long-term effects of psychosis is extremely rare. The more more concern is schizophrenia, but most agree that it's not cannabis that causes it. It's usually people that have, um, uh, it's found in people that have a history of of, um, schizophrenia or psychosis that are most at risk. Um, Now, the other long-term effect that um, is quite anecdotal is that it affects your cognitive function. So like you become just, you know, really slow. If you've been smoking cannabis for like 20 years, you know, you're not the same as you were before. This, uh, this one is very contentious. So there's evidence sort of like on both sides of the, uh, of the story. Um, but what, uh, what we do know is that it's unlikely that any impairment on cognitive function, um, it's unlikely to be irreversible, right? So what that means is, if you are one of those people who think that you're being, uh, your, your cognition is affected by cannabis over a long period of time, you've been using cannabis, a tolerance break um, is likely to restore your um, cognitive abilities. Um, and and so it's not an irreversible thing. Um, How long over the- a cannabis the- has a, a very acceptable safety profile Um but the science is still in its infancy, so, yeah. And uh, just one final point on the, um, on the psychosis and schizophrenia part, um, uh, you know, if there was a, a, a really strong correlation between uh, cannabis and psychosis and schizophrenia, then because cannabis is the, the world's most used drug and um, the, you know, use of cannabis has only increased substantially over the years, especially since it's been legalised, um, but we have not seen an increase in um, psychosis and schizophrenia. So that is pretty, um, you know, uh, a strong signal uh, that, um, you know, that, it, that there's, it's very rare um, and there's particular um, you know, family history that that you know might contribute to that um, to that effect, adverse effect.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget when I was younger than I probably should have been at a friend's house, and I get offered weed for the first time. The uh, the first thought that I had, and I don't know where I heard this from, was. The, the, the paranoia that cannabis gives you schizophrenia and it's really the irony now you know the better part of two decades on now I sit here and uh, after hearing what you just explained Johnny I realized there probably wasn't much to be worried about. <laughs> absent a, you know a predisposition and you know legal yeah that is not legal um legal or medical advice but it looks as yeah. though early indications on the research despite the fact that as you said a lot of these studies are observational studies in recreational users, so take them with with a grain of salt. But it yeah. looks though, so, as far as long term consequences go, you, you know, it's not. It could be worse, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Certain com- comparably to um, a lot of legal drugs, uh, Yeah, I,
0: I do find it funny. I reckon I might be naive, but for the cognitive function one, you saying tolerance break, you're basically saying. If you notice you're slower, stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop. Stop doing that, and then, and then even just a break, and then you can get back into it. Like that's that's pretty funny, but that is super high level, and like you can go further into yeah. that. But that's yeah. what yeah. I think about it. Yeah. If you
1: need to take a break. Take a break. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Um,
1: exactly. Um, one question I did have on that, Johnny, was long-term effects. You, you did say cognitive function. Like you take a break. Like how long as I understand it cannabis is really interesting how depending on the dosage form and how long you've been taking it like a break the common question we get asked by patients is driving if I am prescribed an oil that is THC and I can't drive under the influence like what exactly does that mean in hours minutes days and it's obviously very different for different mm-hmm. cannab- endocannabinoid systems and also different mm. like, uh, length of consumption, like broadly speaking for the cognitive function, you know, uh, side effect, like how long would you need to take a break before you?
2: Yeah, it's, it's really, it's not for me to say exactly, yeah. you know, how, how long um, because everyone is different. Um, you know, I, I can, I I know from, you know, people that, 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 uh, in my circle, um, that they, they feel better after, you know, I mean, like they, they get that cognitive function restored, um, after like a couple of weeks, Mm. you know, but that is a different thing to the, To it being found in your system, you know, in regards to the driving, um, you know, situation where you're being tested, your, you know, your saliva is being tested um, for those compounds. Um, So uh, the yeah, the cognitive restoration, um, you know, it's going to vary for for anyone. Um, but I would presume that the longer you go, um, the, the, the more the restoration is going to happen. Right. Um, whereas with the, the driving thing, um, yeah, I think, I don't know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's what, 48 hours or, or 24 hours at least, um, you know for it to be not detectable in in your system is that right or
1: it's probably worth like the honest answer is like i don't think it's explicitly given a time frame for the reasons that you alluded to before but the framing that we you know when you set up a a cannabis clinic something that um in the ap approvals with the the gp you have to Mm -hmm. make explicitly clear in an informed consent form is that driving under the influence of THC is not permissible, even if it's prescribed um, by a practitioner, but what they don't define is under the influence or like how you'd know if you were under the influence. So Mm -hmm. um, like it, I've heard as short as, you know, four hours, if you've never had anything before you have one drop of full spectrum oil in the morning, you might be able to drive later that day, but at the end of the day, like, because it's the requirements that you have zero THC in your system when you get tested, you, yeah. you, you know, basically the advice from the doctor just has to be, if you're consuming a THC medicine, on a regular basis you cannot drive yeah. um, but exciting and um, we'll probably get to this you know later but very exciting discussions in the Victoria parliament at the moment to um, make some changes um on that on that law which is probably long overdue and it's mm, worth that's very exciting. this is the uh, the third of uh march 2023 um so who knows hopefully if you're listening to this even in a couple of weeks <laughs> there'll be there'll be a lot of movement on, on that
0: side Johnny's getting a lot of notifications from you so Absolutely. hopefully <laughs> hopefully it's <that's> the right <laughs> at some point, and then we come back together we'll to a podcast. we'll get an excited and get call
1: it. one day and saying it's happened finally they've caught
0: up we'll, we'll, Yeah. We'll put a bow on this conversation to yeah. up uh, episode three. Um, uh, our last point is how does cannabis compare to other treatments? Um, did you want to flesh on that a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um, I really can't say much because, uh, you know, it, 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 other treatments, it's really, it's really broad. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, and also, you know, I don't want to um, come across as, uh, a, a, as a medical doctor, um, where I can you know or, or or a pharmacist who would be able to sort of um, perhaps give you a better indication when you want to compare two different um, substances yeah but what we do know and what we um, usually compare cannabis to are the o- opioids mm-hmm. right because cannabis is um, uh, shown to be uh, you know reduced, pain, chronic pain. A lot of people use opioids for chronic pain um, and opioids uh, have a tendency to be highly addictive. Um, And so therefore prescribing a lot of opioids has resulted in an opioid crisis um, Mm -hmm. overseas. Um, And, uh, and, and as a recent study, showed that um, people who used cannabis were able to reduce their reliance on opioids, um, which would be seen as a health benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that's probably the big one um, to compare cannabis with and because they have similar functions, but they have um, very different um, you know, long-term side effects.
0: Do we know if cannabis has the same like addictive tendencies as opioids?
2: Yeah. So this is a contentious issue as well.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um, in this conversation. Yeah, it and seems like a lot is. Of- yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Well, it's cannabis, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's very contentious. It's the most contentious plant in the world, right? It's <laughs> yeah. the most controversial plant ever. Um, so uh, is cannabis addictive? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, no, is the short answer, because that has not been it's not been shown. However, there are um, individuals who do have what's called cannabis use disorder. And it's thought that this is um, more of a psychological dependence, rather than a physiological dependence that you would get with something like the opioids. Yeah. So So um, generally, uh, you know, moderate, you know, use, clinical use, medicinal use is not going to lead to an addiction, right? Mm. So if we're comparing apples with apples, if you're prescribed opioids and you're prescribed cannabis, okay, in that comparison, you can say one is highly addictive and one is not addictive, right? But when we look at cannabis by itself, and different ways people use cannabis, um, there is potential for, you know, heavy users to develop what's called um, uh, cannabis use dis- disorder, yeah. But as I said, it's more of a psychological thing than a physiological
1: addiction, Yeah. Could you explain what, to, to, to the extent, you know. I'll try. Because <laughs> like I'm really fascinated about this idea of it not being addictive, but being psychologically addictive. Because, like, from my experience, and we'll no doubt talk more about my story in later episodes, but when there was a period where my chronic pain was, like, at its worst and I was smoking at the time, I thought, recreationally. Now I look back and it was medicinally um, for, yeah. for, for years on end, like, I remember having heard that before—that it's psychologically addictive—and I used to tell myself that. But mm-hmm. you know, just to be transparent with patients, like there was a time where I couldn't not smoke. You know, so I was in some way addicted. Yeah. That was just when my symptoms were playing up, and it happened to be every day. And it was a—you know—it it, it was a mental thing, as you're saying. I suppose the essence of my question is: as someone who's experienced what it's like to not be able to not smoke, but then on the yeah. other hand told that it's not addictive it's just psychologically addictive Mm. what i suppose does psychological addiction look like and how does it differ from normal addiction
2: yeah um Well, I'm not an addiction expert, so (laughs) (laughs) I
1: can't can't give
0: you, uh,
2: you know, a a medical, clinical answer to that response. There are are a lot more, uh, many more people who are experts in addiction than me. But I am familiar with the addictive um, qualities of cannabis, and I think I can sort of formulate... And, you know, an answer to how that comes about. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually got to do with the benefits of cannabis, which is it reduces anxiety, right? So um, chronic pain Mm -hmm. um, makes you very anxious. And if you have a suffering from chronic pain, you have this pain every single day um, that is um, frustrating Um, It's uncomfortable and um, it it can also be associated with particular um, uh, uh, settings or particular events. So, like, for me, I get chronic pain when I go to sleep, right? Mm. So I sometimes get sleep anxiety, Mm. yeah? Um, And um, so in that kind of situation maybe uh, someone would use cannabis to help relieve the um, anxiety of that, right? But it might be just, you might just feel anxious all the time. And then because you're using cannabis to relieve the anxiety, it's a vicious circle because it you start to develop a dependence on it. Um, and then, um, you know, you start to overuse it basically, Yeah. And then then that leads to the the sort of addiction um, thing. I mean, this is something that I've observed in um, people that I know, um, and it's something that in my circle that we talk about quite often um, because we love the plant, you know, we love the medicine and we love the benefits of it. But at the same time, we know that um, we can develop this dependence, uh, you know, on it through this psychological um, mechanism, pathway, right? You know, so it's not so much as a physiological thing. It's just like, oh, man, I needed some relief, mental relief. Where do I go? I go, you know, to cannabis. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's where it comes from.
0: So Without you even knowing, it's probably like the benefit of that chronic pain and then all everything else came with it. You're like why would I not be smoking even? And then your body probably is just like, or your mind is just constantly going, yeah, this, this is like the treatment, even if you're not thinking that's the treatment because you weren't aware at that time. So that's funny. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And I
1: suppose it just goes to show anyone who does consume uh, cannabis in high dosages and heavy frequency, given we know it's not addictive in the conventional sense, but it's psychologically addictive because of the benefits that it can create, it might be worth having a look inward and thinking about what benefits are you pursuing and what is it about your current state that you're not satisfied with and whether, in my case, looking back, it was actually medical i just didn't realize it at the time yeah exactly um, and many years later i'm able to look back and realize you know what that actually was just i was just taking my medicine That's well, it, uh, You look johnny this this is uh this was my favorite um this uh, awesome. episode yet that was uh cannabis the benefits side effects and safety um what we'll do now is we'll hop across to Episode number four, which is going to be, is medical cannabis legal? Um, And then episode number five, the final episode in our mini series will be how to access medical cannabis in Australia. So we'll see you across in in episode number four. Amazing,
0: legend Johnny. Okay,
2: see
1: ya.